There is a man that I know who God called through one of the most significant signs in existence. I believe very much that none of us have been called that way yet. Because this man, he was doing his business, having run away from a throne which he should have become the king. And then found himself to become a shepherd. And why he said, rest ye my soul. We read in the scriptures that the Lord appeared to him in a burning bush. It was not dream. It was physical. God descended physically before a mortal man to call him. None of us have got that encounter in this place. Really in this generation, we haven't got anyone who has such encounter. And this man decided to go and see a bush burning, not in a vision, but physically. And he wasn't consumed. When he got closer, he found out it was God. God revealed himself to him as fire that defiles all the chemistry of fire. And then he called him. This man, having God called him, another thing about him which startles me is that God created him with disability. The very thing he needs is the power to communicate the word, to be a preacher. He does not have it by birth. To speak one sentence, he, he has to try with all his strength. And when the Lord called him to defile the world, we understand by the scripture that this man gave excuses to God because of his physical ailments. The amazing thing is that God did not change his physical condition and yet he used him. God wanted to prove that he is God. And while they were discussing and he was foolish before God, telling God that, do you not know who you are called? I am a stammerer. And God said to him, who created the mouth of man and who made him stammer? From that day we know that it's not demons that make people stammer, it's God. And God said, when I created you as a stammerer, I had sent a brother before you who I gave the ability to speak. But I will take him beyond the ability. I will make you as God to him so that he will read your mind. While you are thinking of what to say, he will just say it. And God also displayed himself that if he calls a man, he will walk through the man. The disability of man cannot hinder him because God will raise men who will be helpers. He had created them before he called you, he made you. In his sovereign plan, we can see God's sovereignty. This man encountered God, talked with God mouth to mouth, not in the dream, not in the trance, physically. Having God manifested through him and had a relationship with him, God used him to defile a whole nation. And to free a whole nation from the captivity of a whole nation. It's like America held a nation captive and one man rose. And he freed them from the hand of America. And then, having God done so many plagues through him, so many mighty wonders through him, so many miracles through him. 
The man got to a place in chapter 33 of Exodus and discovered that with all those things, he had not known God yet. He discovered he hasn't known God yet. He has seen a form of God, but God is more than the form he saw. This is your attitude this week so that you can receive something constructive. If you look at chapter 33, then he decided that, well, to really know this God, I need to do something that common man don't do. What is it? Prayer. Prayer. So he decided to leave the camp, which is a type of the church. So much noise in the church. He withdrew and he built a place, which he called Tent of Meeting. God didn't tell him to do that. He wanted to know God more. So, he did that. Now, now, the Bible says to us that when he went into that very place, can you get my volume a bit down, Master Feder, please? Always watch me, those of you who are there. Don't look down. When he got to, that's okay, the place where he prays, the first day God didn't show up. Probably the second day God didn't show up. He will go there, he will pray. God didn't show up. One day, he went there to talk with God. Understand this. He was talking with the invisible God who had revealed himself in a visible form. But the form that he saw, he's not satisfied because there are higher forms of God. So he built a place to pray where no one would disturb him so that he can hear well, he can understand well, he can know well. This is not what I'm teaching you this hour. I will teach you this about this within day or tomorrow. In this story, you can see what you can do to succeed in calling Okay, but this is the fact. One day he went in and God came down and locked the door, the Bible says. God became the door and he locked the door. He didn't build a door there. And when the people saw the glory come down at the entrance of the tents, they they stood up. That's what happened to you as well. People see God with you. They Stand up. Nobody argues with it. And then the Bible says that relationship that he started, God spoke to him mouth to mouth. You get there. But you have to build the boat. Your prayer life determines your future life, I tell you. I don't believe in theology that doesn't, that is not, you know, black and white. How God would deal with us is not different to how he had dealt with them. The scripture, the book of Corinthians tells us. The Old Testament is written to help us understand how God dealt with man. So that we can follow their traits. That's what the whole Hebrew is for. To help you understand that we have to do those things that those people did. We can't serve God different and expect a level of manifestation. But then he, t- he prayed three prayers there. The first prayer he prayed was, teach me your way, verse 13, that I may know you and continue to find favor. Now, how can a man of God ask to know God? 
whom God had revealed himself in the burning bush, who has seen the manifestation of the true God, who has seen power manifest. Because no matter how much God has done in you, it's a little thing. God is true enormous to what you and I have encountered. So, and he also revealed the principle. Anyone, the more the way of God you know, the more favor you get from God. Take me your way that I may know you and continue to find favor. It is the knowing of the way of God that brings favor. It is the continuous knowledge of God that maintains the favor. Then in verse 14, God began to discuss with him that I will send my angel with you. He said, no, do not send your angel. If you will send your angel, we will not go. He said, but let your presence go with us. Verse 15 and verse 16. He said in 16, how will the world know the difference between me and them, us and them, if your presence is not with us? And the Lord said, I will do the very thing that you have said. Then he went to the third request. Show me your glory. So we recognize that this man built a separate place because he wanted to know three things. He wanted more knowledge of God so that he can find favor. He wanted um, the presence of God. He has seen God, but he wants it permanently. Well, the cloud has led them and the pillar of fire, but yet... He hasn't got the personal presence. And the third one is, there is a glory about this God that is transcending to what I have seen. And that day, God answered. And God said, come, my friend, stand by that rock. He went to the rock, entered that cliff. And the Bible says, and God stretched his physical hand and covered the cliff. Because you cannot see the face of God and live. He covered the cliff and he started walking past. And after God had passed by, he removed his hand. And Moses saw the back of God. What shall will happen from that time to the end of his journey? It's a different ball game. We turn to God in this conference <clears throat> as if we know nothing. <clears throat> so that we may know. We turn to God in this conference to be instructed, to be corrected, to be directed. Therefore, this session, I'm going to cover with you again my calling. Calling. In the program, we have it set as calling, the first segment, and your calling as a shepherd. If you have your manual, I'll be teaching from the manual. Page 11, I'll be teaching from the manual. Now, a friend of mine came one day and said that um, if Jesus were to appear before you today and give you a command, will you do it? If he was physically standing here and said to you, I want you to do this, and you know it's Jesus, will you not do it? Come on, ministers of God. We will do it. But the fact is that he has already given us a command. The command he had given us is what we call the Great Commission. My understanding when I was studying about calling is this. There are two types of calling that God has called mortal men. The first is what we call the Great Commission. I call it the Great Calling, or General Calling, rather. The Great Commission is General Calling. And the second is the specific calling which distincts us for ministry. 
the aim of this discussion or during this discussion, you will be seeing one, what is a calling? This lecture aims to, to help understand what is a calling. Number two, who called you? Number three, what are you called to do? What is a calling? Who called you? What are you called to do? Why are you called? Number four. One, what is a calling? Two, who called you? Three, what are you called to do? What's your job? Four, why are you called? Five, who are you sent to? And number six, where is your Jerusalem? Where is your location? What geographical location did God send you to begin from? And number seven, the seven things to do. Or the seven things to know about your calling, which can help your calling fulfill. Whatever we get to at my time, we will we will stop. I think this my my time finishes at quarter past nine and I uh, ten and I will hand over to Doc. Well <clears throat> in answering these seven things we will look at the book of Matthew 28, which is the first book. 28, verse 18 to 20. Can I just say to us, in this season, Doc and I were using NIV version. If any one of you will read Bible, it must be in NIV. If it's not in NIV, don't read it. If we tell you someone should read a verse, read NIV for us. Okay? If you don't have NIV, don't read that verse because we are prepared to teach you from the understanding given by NIV. So if you read some strange translation, then you will not get the message. I will talk to you about NIV and King James. We read King James and NIV, but we teach with NIV because it is the simplest and most appropriate for the generation we are in. And I will talk to you more about that during this lecture. A complication that arose in a public argument between myself and gays, the gay minister, and the gay leader, the king of gay, it was NIV that saved the church, not King James, in that discussion. And I will help you to understand that. But for this, let us just agree that when we tell you to read the scripture, read it from the NIV. We'll talk about that uh, in my second lecture. <clears throat> Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And it says, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Now, if you look at this, 
I asked you at the beginning that if Jesus was to give you a command, will you do it? And everybody agreed we will do it. This is the first command that Jesus gave to anyone before talking about ministry. This is a general calling of Christ. No matter how big, how anointed you are, how massive your church is, you must keep going to the streets with your members. I repeat myself. No matter how old, how young, how great, how mighty, how small you are, this command of Jesus, go and make disciples of all nations, is for everybody. You can agree with me. Those of us who are popular, the more popular you are, the better for you to go to the streets because many people can identify with you. When members are talking to some people and they are arguing, because God had made you popular through television, through various things, if you speak to those people, they will not argue with you. What will happen is, oh, it happened to me in Depot High Street. It happened to me in East Street Markets. People will come and kneel down before you who are not born again and ask you to bless them. And you can easily lead them to Jesus Christ. Moreover, the Son of God went to the streets for his church. And he has given us this great command. We are to make disciples of all nations. Under this command, we will see two scriptures, look at two scriptures when he began to really send them. Understand, he said, we should make disciples of all nations. The word disciple means, mathesis comes from the word mathesis and apprentice, which means, of course, it's found from soul winning, bringing them in, and teaching them. Now, there's something I want you not to forget here. It, this comprises the going out and the ministry gift. This instruction. But also understand something that Jesus said, teach them what I taught. And many of you ministers, if you have been teaching what Jesus did not teach, you must stop it. You cannot teach what Kenneth Hagin teach, what Copeland teach, what Alfred Williams teach, or Billy Graham, unless those things are the teachings of Jesus. You can only teach what we teach, that's in the teaching of Jesus. If, if any one of us teach something that is personal, which the Lord Jesus or the apostles did not teach, don't teach it. Really question us. Any method that Jesus didn't use, don't. I was discussing with Doc a few minutes ago. There are two major areas that Satan has struck the church. Three major areas. Struck the church so mightily. I knew uh, I was in the company of intercessors in 1971 or so, or 69, when the Lord took someone to heaven and showed, took her to where Satan was planning against this generation. And the three spirits that Satan was sent to destroy many in our time. And I've shared that with you. I haven't had a conference. I think we'll look at that uh, before the end of the, of, the, of the period. In those days, ministers don't talk about money. And yet the church was extremely rich. Ministers don't talk about deliverance. No one is bound in the church. And ministers are humble. They do not seek to buy jets and seek to have beautiful things, great things. They don't do that. People bless them, but, you know, they maintain low profile. Okay? 
But those three spirits, when they were sent, it took from 1972, really. It took 10 years for them to incubate. If you look at the history of the current church, the current church began to derail from the 81, 82, when those demons have been released by the devil. Now, many of you do not know about this, but I warn you, teach what Jesus taught. And you will have Jesus' type of church. All those methods of manipulation, don't, 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 don't do it. At least among you, you know, as a father to many, many of you, and you have seen me in England for about 32 years, and you have seen others that we started together, both in England and Nigeria and all over the whole place. And you have seen that I did not change. Neither have I manipulated anybody. But yet, God has blessed my work. Not just a matter of, there's nothing they achieve, I couldn't achieve, probably but better. I have stood, God has opened doors for me to stand to be received by president of nations, and powerful in nations, by the prophetic, rather than by connection. And because of that, because it is God by his grace and his gifting, that those contacts remain till today. They don't mean for 10 years if I pick up phone and phone. Wow, Apostles, please come over. Whereas if it was by connection, people who have got relationship by connection, the connection, the connected part is broken, they won't want to hear your voice. When the one who connected you is exposed. I will together now. People can talk about ministries and ministers. You will not find anyone to have anything to say about me in that group because this is the principle teach them what i have taught you that's the first thing now look nine one to six the sending of the twelve i want us to see some few things here in this general calling which embraces our going out and our ministry call many have luke chapter nine verse one to verse six i will read from my my Bible. Luke chapter 9. Now it says, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, not some demons, and cure diseases. He sent them out to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the, for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust of your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So, they set out from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. Now, when you leave this place, start going from village to village. Are we together now? You know, I told you yesterday that the Lord will visit you. I woke my wife up today to tell her what I saw tonight. Yesterday till this morning. And I said this in the morning. If you went to bed yesterday, haven't heard me say that. If you did not passionately go to God, you will sleep yesterday and wake up today nothing. But in this hotel, the Lord had visited some people. Yesterday night till this morning. It is your heart. For me, to visit me is like breathing. If he doesn't visit me, I shouldn't breathe. It's like I have no purpose to live. So my heart seeks after that. 
And that which my heart seeks is what you get. Whatever your heart seeks after is what you get. And you know God is such that, you heard that from Doc yesterday as well, he affirmed, God cannot be fooled. Neither can he be deceived. He looks beyond your physical. He can weigh your heart. And it is the, your, your, your composition of heart that determines what you get from him. He says, come near to me and I will come near to you. Go from village to village. Stop sitting down in the same church every Sunday. Church every Sunday is not to win souls. It's to train souls that have been won. Go to where the souls are. Muster your people together. Those of you in, in, in London, you know, go to other villages in London. Hit those places. Wherever you come from, Lagos, Cameroon, you know, Canada, wherever. Just go and hit the places. This is what Jesus said. But if you look at why should we go, there are some things I got here. When he sends the twelve, he gives them power and authority. Now, the twelve are apostles, isn't it? All right? Some people always think that what God has done through the, the ministers, he cannot do through the church. I disagree with it. Because the Bible says here, he sent the twelve. He gave them power and authority. And the mandate is preach the gospel, cast out devil. All, cast out all devils, and that is provocative. It says, cast out all dem- demons, and he'll cure diseases. In the, all the time Jesus gave instruction about going, he didn't say cure all diseases. But he says, cast out all demons. But when it comes to diseases, he did not say all diseases. Alright? That does not mean we do not have the power to cure all diseases. But I recognize that when you... I told you I was investigating Jesus yesterday. When I investigated his healing ministry, I found that at some time Jesus went to his own place where he was born. He could not do many miracles. Healing, he couldn't do much. But there's no demon that he encountered that he didn't cast out. All right? Sometime he went into a place where there are many people sick in John chapter 5. He only healed one man. All the rest of the sick, he left them alone and he moved away. Because not every sick is to be healed in every meeting. Understand that it said to us in verse 19 of that chapter 5, I do what I see my father do. But we need to know this. All demons cast out. Diseases cure. But then he said, take nothing. So he gave us power. He gave us authority. But he also assured us of provision. Where we go as he sends. Know this very well. He assured us of provision. Let's quickly go to chapter 10 of the same Luke. When he sent the church. There's no difference between you and the church. Because every child is like his father. Now he says after this, verse 1, the Lord appointed 72 others. These are not apostles. And sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he's about to go. Now the first one, it says they went to towns and villages. This one, it says he sent them to town, every town he was about to go. So we need to do village evangelism. We need to do city evangelism. We need to do door-to-door evangelism. Did we get this now? He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send our workers into this harvest field. Now, let, let us see something here. How, when last did you pray that God should get raise harvesters for you, workers for you in your harvest field? You are the one that should praise. 
That's why many of the members couldn't manifest because you didn't pray for them. Understand, he sent the twelve first. He didn't tell them the work, the harvest is plentiful. But when he sent the seventy-two, he said, "Look, we have got to the place of a heavy harvest, and the laborers twelve is not enough. You seventy-two, you are not enough." Then he said, the Levic legacy, and said, you who is the harvester, pray that God will bring laborers. Pray each of your members to become laborers. Daily, you pray for your members. Not just praying for blessing and prosperity, that God will raise laborers for you. You see, when people become laborers and workers in the vineyard of God, they will manifest easily in what God has ordained them. So those who are evangelists will manifest, prophets will manifest, workers of miracle healing, and ministry of help will have money. Ministry of hell will have money. So Jesus said, pray that God will send in workers. They said, go, I am sending you like a lamb among wolves. Do not take pots or bags. If you look at that also, he said he's sending us into dangerous places. When I looked at lamb among wolves, lamb is helpless among wolves. When we see lamb, they have nothing to fear. It's just to eat. You know. But why did he say lamb among wolves? Yeah. The lamb of God cannot be attacked by wolves or lions. Because they are lamb outside. They are lion inside. They are flesh-eating lamb. Bone-cracking lamb. Alright. They start from milk-sucking lamb. To flesh eating lamb, then they go to bone cracking lamb. But look at them, they are lamb. Mess about with them, they will eat you up. <laughs> he says, So I, I know what I'm doing. You are lamb, harmless. But no wolf can touch you. But he said, Don't worry about money. I have supplied. But if you look at the principle here, it said any house you enter and they receive you. Which means that there is always a house that will receive your word. Already prepared by the Lord. But if you don't go to them, how will they receive it? There are many people who are supposed to be helpers in your ministry. Financial giant of your ministry. But they are out there. You didn't go for them. And you are praying inside. God bring them. God told you to go and get them. Knock their door. Go to their houses. Then they will come. They may be right next door to your church, but you have never knocked that door before. You keep praying inside. And God said, go and knock their door. They will open for you. Because God has ordained them to be part of the ship. Understand here that Jesus went further to say, when you enter the house, verse 5, and it talks about all that. Now, it says, one thing in verse 7, stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the workers demand their wages. For the workers demand their wages. For the workers demand their wages. Do not move around from house to house. Ministers, be careful. Stay on your pulpits. Don't go from place to place like a butterfly looking for a pulpit to preach. Stay in the house. Go to pulpit. People who invite you, don't write letters to people, can I come and preach in your church? Jesus says, don't do that. Don't follow those folks. They are looking for money. 
One of, one of um, the champions of faith in Nigeria, who is, he was, he is close to me, some years ago, he would just come to London. When he comes to London, my telephone will ring. I'm in London now. The first time, I say, ah, come and bless my people. He went and he, about three months, four months, he came again. He said, ah, I'm here now, you know. I am just passing through. I said, I want you to come. He came. He sat down. I said, look at my eyes. I said, you want to preach on my pulpit? Oh, he said, I get to share with people. I said, tell me what God told you is the problem right now in my church. And tell me the word God gave you for my church. He looked at me. He knows who I am. If you tell me God told you when he didn't tell you, we switch into God and know it. And I'll tell you straight away there, he didn't tell you. Because God is not far. Especially when people are trying to mess up with him. You can easily enter him and come out. He loves challenges. And I told him, brother, go back to your church. Cut off. The first time he went, he went from here to America. He spent three months. And he's coming back from America to come and spend another few weeks in London. I said to him, if you don't, if you're not careful, you'll go to hell, my brother. I said, stop that. It looks heavy, isn't it? But if I'm truly your friend, I must say the truth. He went. For months he didn't come. Then suddenly the following year he came before me again that his boy, who there's a boy who books his way. He said, I'm coming passing by again. He said, you know, this person will be passing by at this time. I said, Okay, tell him I want to see him. So when he came, he came, we went and we ate. And I told him that I want you. I want you. I, I love you. You could end up in hell. My brother. God will never ask you about what happened in other churches. He will ask you what happened in your house. The house you enter. Stay there. Feed the sheep. Let me tell you what happened. He called me a few years ago. This uh, from 1990, I'm telling you, 92, I'm telling you. I preached for him in 91, I suppose, 91. And then we became close. Now, he came to me some years ago in this strange something, May 2002 award. Apostle, 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 I want to see you. Say, Calm down. In London again. Yes. He came. He said, huh? Man of God, I had a dream. I want all of you to listen attentively. He said, in my dream, God called, that was before Bishop Benson died. He said, in my dream, God called all the Nigerian ministers who have ever worked in Nigeria in heaven to give them reward according to their work. He says, I was there. And I said to myself, the first will be Bishop Benson Daosa. The second will be Pastor Kumuyi. He said the third will be Pastor Deboye. And the fourth, he mentioned the name. He said the fifth, it must be me. <laughs> he had worked. He raised many great men in Nigeria. He, he started his work in one of the most turbulent cities of Nigeria that people don't want to go. And he prevailed. He was a man with extreme gifts 
in the body. The gift he has in the body. One astounding gift. I've never seen a man under heaven in our time who has it. Okay? Except one, Obadari. But you know, he said they called the first person. Nobody knew him. They called the second person. Nobody knew him. They called the 20th person. None of the names that people know in Nigeria. They call 99. He said now he started sweating. They call 100. Nobody in Nigeria knows them. They were saying that where are these people from? They called and when they got to 150, he was sweating from his head to his toe with terror that if, what would my number be? Because you know, he, he has put himself after some people, then to be five. But none of the people he mentioned were called, neither him. And he said that the role was called, being called, and they were calling, and they were calling. He got so afraid that he woke up out of the dream. And physically, he was wet from his head to his toe. Terror gripped his soul. He remembered me, he said. He said, I come to thank you, my brother, for being there for me. Whichever house you enter, stay there. But let me say this to you because I'll be finishing my lecture shortly. Therefore, we recognize a similarity between the first call and the second call. The similarities is that Jesus gives them authority and power. Well, that um, second one, you know, when it got to verse 9, it says, Heal the sick who are there. Tell them the kingdom of God is near. If you look at verse 17, it says the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even demons submit to us in your name. So we recognize by that, therefore, that the common thing between the ministry called, which is apostle, and the church members is this. He sent them to preach the kingdom, everybody. He sent them to heal the sick. Everybody can heal the sick. He sent them to cast out all devils. So every Christian is a deliverance minister. If you call that deliverance a ministry, it is a ministry for all Christians. Anybody born again right now, we can throw him in the midst of demons if we cast all of them out. In the name of Jesus Christ. I have tested it. It worked. I took a new convert from here to Togo. And we entered into a shrine. That shrine is full with idols. About half of this building, from the beginning to the end, is full of idols. And David couldn't do anything to him. It's not by your fasting. It is by believing in the name of Jesus Christ. I would together now. So therefore, but we understand that having God, the Lord given us this commission, then he also appointed specific giftings and callings. So under general grace, we can pray the kingdom. Under general grace, we can cast out all devils. Under general grace, we can heal the sick. If anybody shall pray for the sick in the name of Jesus, the Lord will heal the sick. If he can have the faith in the name of the Lord. But then, the, the specific calling in the, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. we we'll look at that very quickly. We need to re- remind ourselves with the general calling to be able to really move into the specific calling. Chapter 4 verse 7. It says... But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. 
Then in verse 11, it says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Now we understand the fact here that he's talking about specific grace. Who gave you the grace? Jesus Christ is the one who called you. Now, if you look at it, there are four. This calling is a calling of functions, variable functions. Some function in the church as apostle, some function as prophet, some function as evangelist, some function as pastors, some function as teachers. And what makes these offices is not your desire. It is his grace. You cannot covet to be an apostle. That doesn't make you an apostle. You cannot covet to be a pastor. You cannot like to be an evangelist. It takes God, Jesus Christ, to personally call a man from among his people and decorate them like he decorated some apostles in Luke chapter 9 that we read. And what makes you is the quality, the, the characteristics that make you function. So when you are a shepherd, a pastor, you function like a shepherd. When you are an apostle, you function in the grace of apostle. When you are a prophet, you function in the grace of prophet. When you are a teacher, you function in the grace of teacher. Therefore, you must know what you are called. You must know the calling of God upon your life as a minister. If you wear somebody else's shoes, it will be too big for you. If you try to occupy the office of these five that he did not call you, you will mess up. Because you will have a title without a function. In my next lecture, which we will look detailed into the functioning of each one of these roles. We need to know that it began by saying to each one, grace has been given. And grace is unmerited favor, isn't it? And grace is the transcendent manifestation of God's unction for a man to function in the divine power. So when grace comes upon you and I, we will operate the gifting of the Spirit. It is that grace is what some people call anointing. Now, let me correct this. Nobody under heaven is more anointed than another person. Nobody. What about anointing? The Bible tells us we all have the same anointing. Anointing is God's endowment upon a human being to function in the spiritual chamber of God, the gifted. So when the anointing comes upon you, who is a prophet, you function as a prophet. If it comes upon a teacher, he will teach and everybody will open their mouth. If it comes upon an evangelist, he will preach 15-minute sermon and he will give altar call. Everybody will get saved. And you who is a pastor will give the altar call. Maybe two people will come out. It is the unction. It will come upon a miracle worker over work miracles. Faith, manifestation of the nine gifts. All those things are anointing, which you call, which is unction, which is grace. Which will enable mortal man to operate spiritual things. So nobody has anointing in a higher dose, according to the scriptures. So that we're not deceived. But that also understanding that will help you to celebrate what you are. And not think that somebody is more than you because he operates some grace that you don't have. You know, when, when a dog, I love dog when he teaches a lot, you know. You guys will know that. When dog is teaching, I'm following him up. Hallelujah. His style, after you left dog in church, I said, I said, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. <laughs> And everybody said, dog, yeah. <laughs> you know, we all have our own sign language or signature. That signature, when the unction 
hit his body. He began to say, talk to me, talk to me. And he said, let us bless the Lord. Come on, give him praise, give him praise. Now watch what is going to come out of it. He's going to dish out some deep stuff. <laughs> and I celebrate it. I love it so much. When the unction come upon me, I can tell you that in America on the, on the, on the 7th of, of uh, March or on the 7th of November, this is going to happen in the White House. The assembly is going to do this and that and that. In Germany, this will happen on this such a date and stuff like that. And it will happen so. It's the same unction that fell upon us. The same anointing came upon us. Who is the anointing? Holy Spirit. I'm not more anointed than him. Neither is he more anointed than me. We are both anointed. We drink the same breast. But we function differently. That helps you to celebrate what you are. My time is up. I will come back in the next lecture and we'll look at go on on this area of commission which is your own calling. But before I stop, I want everyone to know this, that you have a general calling, which is the general mandate. No matter how anointed you are, you must go to towns and villages. You must go from door to door. It helps your members. Secondly, but we have who are ministers and ordained have given call to specific ministry. It is the grace of God upon us that makes us function in those ministries. I will talk more about developing that part of you, which is you, minister, and those of you who are not yet, when you become the discipline that brings you to the higher dimension of operation in whatever area of fivefold you belong to. Shall we stand up together? Let us just thank God for this hour. Shall we begin to pray prayer of thanks in the name of Jesus? Our God and King, we celebrate you. Thank you for the grace. Let's thank God for the great calling, the, the, the great commission that we receive from the Lord Jesus. And let's thank God for the, uh, the ministry gifts. Let's celebrate all the gifts that God has given us. Our God, our Redeemer, we bless you. We glorify your holy name. We thank you, Lord. 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 Can I have some music here, please? We give you the praise and honor and glory. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Blessed be your holy name, Lord Jesus. Father, be thou exalted. Thank you, Father. E minor. The hour has arrived. Your time has come. For you shall receive power. Christ Faith Tabernacle International Church presents the Holy Ghost Convention 2015. You shall receive power. From the 24th to the 30th of August, join residing Bishop Alfred Williams. When the presence of God comes upon a man, the whole cells of your body will be transformed to the cells of God. Your sight will be transformed to the sight of God. You will not be able to see anything that God cannot see. Join residing Bishop Alfred Williams for a time of baptism in the Holy Spirit, a time of operating in the nine gifts of the Spirit, a time for ministry of healing, signs and wonders, prophetic gifting, and the discernment of spirits. From the 24th to the 30th of August, you shall receive power. Because greatness give back to greatness. According to your greatness, O oh God, 
Make me great or not? Come and receive power every evening from Monday the 24th to Friday the 28th at 7.30pm. On Saturday the 29th for our special impartation night. And on Sunday the 30th for our morning service at 10am. The venue, the dynamic Christ Faith Tabernacle Cathedral, Ebenezer Building, 186 Power Street, Woolwich, SE 18 6NL. Call 020-8316-2332 or visit cftchurches.org now. Christ Faith Tabernacle International Churches presents... The Holy Ghost Convention 2015. You shall receive power.